and welcome to the very first edition of Locked On Sends. I'm Ross Levitan, joined by the boys, Chris Parliament. Fellas, how's it going? Good, good. And Brandon Pillar, how are you doing, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Glad to be here. Let's go. Yeah, very excited to join the Locked On Network as the Ottawa Senators podcast, your one-stop shop for daily Sends coverage. We're going to be providing five episodes a week. We're going to have some interviews. We're going to have lots of game stories and everything in between. We've been doing this for a while, but very excited to join Locked On. Why are you excited, Brandon, to join the Locked On Network? Well, this this is a big deal for us, Ross. I mean, uh, all our followers that have been following along since day one, which there probably isn't many who have been here since episode one. That was almost three years ago, guys. We were at the College of Sports Media grinding away, fighting for studio time so that we could record the number one Sens podcast, making sense of the Sens, brought to you by Sens Central. But now we're getting called up to the show, boys. Locked on podcast, your team every day. We're bumping it up to five episodes a week. Chris and I, we've got a lot more time to focus on this. This is something we really want to do. Ross is going to be around helping out too. We're all going to have a lot more chance to give you our opinions and insight on the game. You can expect some solo episodes even. We're going to be doing that. Lots more interviews. But I'm just excited that we've been grinding away for so long and finally we're we're getting called up to Locked On Podcasts. Yeah, probably. Yeah, sorry, Ross. And, you know, it, it seems like when times are tough, Sometimes you don't want to dwell on things. Well, we're not here to dwell on things. We're going to look at the positives. We're going to bring you a look like we always try and do. Kind of a different perspective than you get from the mainstream media. That's always kind of been our goal at Send Central and now Locked On Senators as well. So, yeah, your team every day. You said it good, Brennan. And uh, we're going to be coming five times a week. And we're excited to uh, become maybe a regular part of your schedule, the drive home, maybe something like that. You're going to expect expecting about 22 to 30 minute episodes and uh, yeah with daily content there's gonna be a lot of different things coming your way some new stuff and uh, of course lots of uh, lots of sense talks some previews some um, some analysis a little bit of everything so yeah very excited to get going here and we definitely appreciate the opportunity from locked on podcasts we started this on the way to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals lots 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 has happened between now and then to say the least in Ottawa Senators land but as you mentioned Parley this is a safe space for Ottawa Senators fans and what better way to welcome us into the Locked On Network than to celebrate a win it took overtime but the Ottawa Senators 3-2 winners over the Los Angeles Kings and if you are a degenerate gambler like myself you would be punching your TV screen if you had the puck line because Connor Brown passed up an opportunity to make it a three or a four two rather game with under a minute left why did he pass that opportunity up parley oh it's it's it makes you sick you know there seems to always be that hesitation before you before you throw it into the empty cage maybe could you imagine if they had lost that in overtime hey it's (laughs) they did it it's over it's one of those things where you grip the stick a little too tight sometimes and uh, i think that's exactly what happened a learning moment let's say for brown yeah, Ross, I, like you, I also had some action on uh, on the game. I had the sense to score the next goal, figuring they would either get go up 3-1 or get the empty netter. I saw Brown coming down the wing. I was already counting my money. And they say that he did the unselfish thing by trying to get that pass across. I don't know if I agree with that. If anything, he did the unselfish thing 
by or he did the selfish thing by trying to be unselfish. You follow what I'm saying? Like, why are you, why are you forcing a pass through uh, the middle of the ice when you have a chance to thread a wrist shot, empty net, and seal this game, make it three-one? Because sure, there was defenders blocking the net, but if you can't beat two two D men pretending to be a goalie at the NHL level, then what are you doing? You gotta take that risk. And wouldn't you know? It creates a turnover, and as soon as that turnover was created, I could already count that goal, and Toffoli scores with seven seconds left to tie it up. Just brutal. But J.G. Pajot, the hero in overtime, something where he's been doing that all season long. His seven goals lead the Ottawa Senators, but that's because there's been a lot of guys in the lineup with the Artem Anisimov missing time, Logan Brown most not- most recently, Colin White most notably, He's given a lot of guys a chance to debut this season, including Jonathan Davidson. He took the rookie lap before the game, and what'd you think of his first NHL action? Well, when we saw him play at the uh, the rookie tournament earlier this year, I noticed that he's a guy that's kind of engaged in the 200 foot game. He's not, you know, he's not looking for that outlet pass. He's trying to make a good defensive play and help the breakout. He's not kind of flying the zone early. He seems engaged. He's got a good stick in his own end. And I remember the one big play in the uh, rookie tournament game was he blocked the shot and then had a nice had the wherewithal to stay with the puck and create a nice outlet pass for the guy coming out of the box so he's kind of got that IQ that's 200 feet up and down the ice and last night I thought that showed again but in different ways you know he's he's the guy making the pass out of the zone when it needs to happen winning the battles along the boards and then following up the play he had a couple nice chances on net and uh he almost made a friend out of uh, Schlappick early on in his sense days, giving him a pass out front where Schlappick was wide open and had not one, but stuck with rebound, had two chances to put it on net. But yeah, I like I like Davidson's game. I like that he wasn't thrust into a big-time role last night, but I thought he played the role he needed to well. Uh, who knows how long he'll stick around in the NHL, but I think last night showed that he's uh, he's no stranger to the professional game, and he can, uh, he can hang a little bit as well. He sure can, and somebody else who can hang is... Nick Paul because after the game one of the coolest things I think this season that the Ottawa Senators social team who is always on top of their game so the bar is set high but they're giving a look inside the locker room after games DJ Smith's post game speech and last night was the second time first it was Scott Sabrin this time Nick Paul where you get the happy moment of being told get out of the hotel find a place to live you are an NHLer Pilsy what has Nick Paul done since he's been called up near the start of the season to earn a full-time roster spot. Well, guys, it's been a long time coming for Nick Paul. I mean, I'm sure he's had a real estate agent for four years keeping an eye on the real estate market in Ottawa because for five years straight, he started off in the minors and then he would get a short call up like 20 20 games or less than the NHL. And he wouldn't really show much that uh, would have you convinced he's an NHLer. So then next season, back to the Minesies. But finally, he's 24 years old. He he's already passed his career season high NHL total, guys, with six points. That took him. It took him 24 games uh, back in 2015, 2016, just to get five points. So this was kind of Paul's last year to be like, look, am I a fringe AHLer, and should I just? hope hope to get called up once in a while or head to Europe if I can't make this happen or can I show that I need to be in an NHL lineup especially a rebuilding one like the Sens 
And he's shown that. I mean, he's got the size. We've seen him, Ross, in Belleville when he's lighting it up. The AHL doesn't do do it for him anymore. So finally, I think this will be his year where he gets at least close to a full season to really prove himself and try to get a one-year deal for next season. How about this? He's probably one of the only Sens prospects still in the organization. You know what? Let's take that prospect label off him now that he's a full-time <laughs> NHLer. But this Boom. guy played two years in Binghamton. Yeah. The Belleville Senators are in their third season. This guy played two years in Binghamton. So congratulations to Nick Paul. Awesome achievement. I love that they moved him to the wing full-time over yep. the past year and a half since really he became a permanent staple on Belleville's top line with Nick Paul or with Logan Brown and with Drake Batherson last year. Logan Brown, of course, playing the middle in that one. And there's a bit of a log jam out the middle in Ottawa. The wing's the best area for him. And he can use his size a bit better, I think, getting in on pucks, being first into the zone, and not worrying about the defensive responsibility that a center has. He's had a few plays with the puck where I kind of sit back. I'm like, man, stick taps to Nick Paul. Big time. Awesome to see. Um, but coming up next, we got to talk some more J.G. Pajot. This guy leads the National Hockey League in plus-minus. Let that sink in. A plus-15. He's treating himself to a few chicken parms. And you can treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners get $5 off. Yeah, that's right. $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code locked on. That's the DoorDash app. Enter promo code locked on. Now, getting back to JG Pajot, I mentioned he leads the league with an impressive plus 15. Lots of talk because last year all the talk was about what are they going to do with Mark Stone at the deadline? What are they going to do with Ryan Dezingle at the deadline? And how about Matthew Shane? Well, this name's not as big, but he probably has a bigger place in the hearts of Senators fans with his multiple signature performances in the playoffs. J.G. Pajot, a heart and soul guy. Are you on the side of extending him? Or if a trade comes about, do you part ways and really focus on this rebuild of accumulating as many assets as possible? Parley, I'll start with you. Well, I mean, you're right. And J.G. Pajot, I mean, it's a walk down memory lane when he heads into Madison Square Garden on oh. a big night like he did in the playoffs. Ross, you referenced the chicken parm, but it, it's unbelievable, this guy. It always, he always steps up to the plate in New York, but this year he's kind of stepping up to the plate and you know, I was, I was a little bit thinking about past times, and we always used to joke on this show about Guy Boucher having his toys. Able to play up and down the lineup. Uh, Noodles mentioned it in the broadcast the other night. He started off this year in a fourth-line role on the depth chart. He was taking line rushes as a fourth-line guy. He's starting to show he's got way more talent than that, and being thrust into, obviously, there's some injuries that have allowed him to climb up the depth chart uh, a little more rapidly than he probably would have without those injuries. But I think DJ Smith's starting to say, hey, it's kind of interesting what this guy can bring to the table in multiple roles. And when you see DJ Smith start to use him like that, you're wondering what Pierre Dorian's thinking. Is this a guy that's going to work in a future with DJ Smith behind the bench? So I'm a little bit leaning towards keeping this guy, maybe throwing in a ladder on his sweater in the years upcoming when the captaincy gets a little more sorted out. And uh, keeping a guy like Pajot around is never going to hurt your team. And it seems like he's a guy that's popular in the dressing room. Uh, he's a French speaker. He's a local guy, which we always know is uh, an important thing in the Ottawa dressing room. So having him around 
past this year and giving him a contract that kind of reflects what he's been able to do so far wouldn't be a surprise for me, and I, I can't say I'd be against it at this point. No, I think he's given up so many signature performances, and I always keep going back to that because, I mean, just just seems like the kind of guy you want to have on your team. But if the right trade comes about, Pierre Dorian has to do his due diligence as the general manager and say, is this going forward kind of an overpayment? Frank Saravelli said that a GM told him they might be able to get a first-round pick and wow. and a prospect. Pillsy, would you pull the trigger if that kind of deal was on the table? Ross, I'm just salivating just hearing about another first-round pick being on the table for the Sens. Could you imagine if they had three first-round picks uh, in next year's draft, which is supposed to be loaded? However, I'm on the extend him train because... Likely, like, let's say, for example, maybe he gets a similar deal to Broussard. Probably not the same pull as the Broussard deal, but somewhere around there, a first and a decent prospect, which, like you're saying, is the rumors. I still think this is a guy, we look at Pajot, he's a Sens veteran. He's played, I think, 383 uh, games in a Sens uniform, but he's only 26, guys. Like, he's not in his uh, early 30s, or he's not a deteriorating uh player now this is a guy that you can chalk him up if he's healthy and playing well you can chalk him up for 40 points a season and I think he's just the perfect third line center he's a guy who is fast he's gritty he can kill penalties and you're looking in the future to slot Colin White and Logan Brown as your number one and two centers and like Chris said Pajot is a guy that can bounce up and down the lineup so if these guys aren't performing or it's just too much for young uh, centermen like them you can bounce Pajot up and down there. And for once, for God's sake, the centers have to keep a fan favorite player. Like the chance of Pajot, 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 Pajot. Like we all remember those things and smile and look back at that with the good, uh, good memories. So if you're gonna if you're gonna say we want to trade centermen, we want to try to get first round picks and such, you can't blame the sense for that. But you got to keep somebody up the middle. This is a guy that plays right. He's a fan favorite. If you want to trade away assets, which the Sens will do at the deadline, look at guys like Anisimov, Tierney, some guys who have similar value, but don't hold that same kind of place in the Sens fans' heart as Pajot does. Because at, at some point, you gotta you got to throw the Sens fans a bone here and keep a guy around. Well, Anisimov's not getting anywhere near the value of Pajot. The only thing is, what would the difference in value be between Pajot and Tierney? I think is a bit more of a fair comparable. Tierney, even two years younger than Pajot. you got to add the character element of Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Yeah. This guy missed the first 41 games last season due to a torn yeah. Achilles on the first day of training oh, camp. Brutal. That's, a t- that's tough to come back from. So the numbers weren't great. Four goals in 39 games, but he's already almost doubled that with his seven goals in 15 games this season. Lots to, of intrigue here going forward with Pajot. And much like Mark Stone, it's just the kind of guy where he, he's, he's so beloved by the fans that no matter what the decision is, no matter what the return is, there's going to be a part of you that's like, man, yep. what could have been? You can go on to our Twitter, at Send Central, if you don't already follow us. Go hit the like, hit the follow button. and uh, we, had, we put up a poll, and it was very simple. JG Pajot, colon extend trade results are already in actually on that one but you can always take part in our next poll they're always consistently coming up 71 percent of the 285 voters were in favor of extending them i didn't put any sort of oh what about this what about that very simple extend trade extend 71 percent 
And there's going to be a lot of centers in and out of the Sens lineup. So the, that revolving door is going to be even more interesting as, as Josh Norris develops, as, um, as Logan Brown returns from injury, because he looked so good, finally. But we've seen this movie before with Logan Brown and injuries. Another thing that we got to get into coming up is Bobby Ryan, the highest paid player on the team, being a consistent healthy scratch. We had seen it with Mikel Bodker. But I think Bobby Ryan, it's a little more surprising. That was $11 million between the two of them in healthy scratches. Now, the kids are all right, too. We already talked about um, Jonathan Davidson. Pillar and I, actually, if you're just joining us for the first time, spend all the Belleville home games working in the production room. So we get a firsthand glimpse of the Belleville Senators. Why do you think that Davidson was the one who got this opportunity, Pillsy? Yeah, well, I was uh, I was kind of thinking that, and I mean, Davidson. This is a guy that he doesn't have a whole lot of experience. Uh, he played in the Swedish Swedish league for a while. He's only got a couple points uh, in Belleville. So this is a kind of guy I think that the Sens looked at. With there's some injuries and there's some spots in the lineup. They thought it was a good time to throw Davidson in the lineup, see what he can do, see uh, if he can compete at an NHL level. And like Chris said, th- he had a couple decent chances. He threw some pucks on net. I thought he had a decent showing, but I'm not expecting him to, to stick around once you get guys like Anisimov uh, back. You get guys like Colin White and Logan Brown. I think he's probably one of the guys that's going to hop back down to Belleville, which I think is the right choice. And boys, if we're going to talk about guys coming up from Belleville, now we're, you asked the question, Ross, why do you think it was Davidson? Obviously, you guys have more firsthand knowledge of what's going on down there in Belleville, being at all the home games. But as we're starting to see the season wear on, we're starting to see some of DJ Smith's schemes come into play and start to work effectively with the personnel in the lineup. Now, we talked about Nick Paul a little bit earlier, throwing his weight around a little more, playing on the wing. If Nick Paul is able to adapt... He's not going to be able to do it as well. But adapt some of the traits that Brady Kachuk has below the goal line, where he just uses his body to create chances out front, plays well, kind of straddles the goal line, makes things happen around the net. If he's able to grab some of those skills from Kachuk, how good would Formanton look on the other wing? I think Formanton would look great on the wing. He has had his NHL taste, though. I think bringing Davidson up was more a matter of, let's give as many guys a little taste of NHL action as we can. And... I mean, once you live the NHL lifestyle, it, it gives you a little more extra incentive <laughs> that you don't want to go back to riding the buses. Well, it feels like just back and forth from Toronto, the way the AHL schedule plays out and Laval, because you play your division so much in the American <laughs> Hockey League. But, and we, I mean, it's a little incentive. JC Bode, another guy who's just come up, made his debut, and I think he's done enough to stick. He's shown some character, gotten a couple uh, altercations. That one fight, most notably in uh, the New York game at MSG. Yeah. yeah, Tony D'Angelo. He didn't like the hit, and he said, "Don't worry, I'll drop the gloves with you." So I think, yeah. But back to Davidson, the main point here. It's just a matter of showing each guy. Look, be around the NHL team. Give them a taste. You want to get back here, and also this is how hard these NHL guys are working to stay there. So congratulations to Davidson. Ice time, I guess, is the next thing because Branstrom, I mean, you don't want Branstrom to be a healthy scratch. Although he even said it, being up there, getting a different perspective can benefit you in the long run. So I'm not ready to give up on Branstrom yet, but... Sorry, Noodles talked last night on the broadcast about how he's playing only 13 minutes a night. Yeah. You don't really want to really be playing that much because the average for 
a top six rule in a regular swing would be 20 minutes. But the one thing I did notice about Brandstrom, some of the things are happening a little too quick for him at the NHL level. It's going to take some timing, but every pass is tape to tape with him. He never misses the opportunity to create a smooth play. And I think that's a big learning moment for a lot of guys. He's already got that. So it's going to be a little bit of a different swing for him. But I think once he gets into the timing and the pace of play in the NHL, I think he's going to be a guy that's able to contribute every night. Yeah, and uh, Parley talked uh, about uh, Brandstrom's tape-to-tape passes. I'm sure Ryan Whitney would love to hear that. And uh, maybe he'll make a couple bucks off slapping tape-to-tape passes in the NHL. But... A guy who I want to talk about when we're talking about a revolving uh, roster, and I mentioned this to you guys uh, earlier, is a guy, uh, Philip Schlappick. He's played five NHL uh, games this season. He's averaging about seven minutes a night. He's 22 years old. He's shown some real talent in the AHL. I mean, he's put up some decent numbers down there, but he just can't bring it up to the NHL. Kind of the struggles that Nick Paul was going through in a different kind of way, though. Um, for me... Schlappick is a guy that I feel like the Sens are showcasing to be a part of a trade. He's a second-round pick in 2015. The Sens have so many prospects that are kind of at his level. I mean, you're looking at guys like Batherson, Davidson, uh, Verano, Balsers, Norris, Abramov, Formanton. There's so many guys who want Schlappick's spot. And I just think that Schlappick probably won't outperform a lot of those guys, and he might get passed over. I've always been kind of confused where his spot in this organization is. So I think really your best option is showcase him, let teams see what he can do, let the scouts have a good eye on him, and maybe you put him in part of a trade to either acquire more draft picks, get a better draft pick, or you try to go for a home run play like uh, Jesse Pugliarvi. His name has been tossed out there. You could try to upgrade uh, a prospect like that where you can take a risk because Guys, let's not forget, too, we talked earlier, the Sens have two first-round picks in the next draft, and then six second-round picks this year and next year. So the amount of second-round talent prospects that are going to be in this organization is just going to be overflowing, which is a good problem to have, but there's just not, there's not room, there's not roster spaces. Like, we're seeing already in Belleville, they're having to scratch guys who should be playing big minutes, and they're, they don't even have space on the fourth line in Belleville. So Schlappick, I think, is a guy that they're they're flaunting for everyone, and hopefully they can get a nice return on. Time to liquidate some assets, eh, Pills? Oh, yeah, 100%. One thing that isn't a problem at all is getting your sense coverage. As you're listening to Locked On Podcast, I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller and Chris Parliament. You can find us on iTunes. Make sure you smash the subscribe button. I believe we're on Spotify all over the internet. You can't get away from us if you want Ottawa Senators coverage. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter for hourly to-the-minute updates at Send Central. We'll be back next week starting five episodes a week, and we're going to mix it up. You're going to get your game recaps. You're going to get some interviews. We already have had multiple interviews with Joey Decord, with Drake Batherson, a top Sense prospect, who this is a rare interview or, or where rare episode where we didn't even get to talk about Drake Batherson, but we'll get into him. I'm sure he's going to light it up this weekend. You heard it here first with the Belleville Senators. As I mentioned, this is Locked On Sends. We'll talk to you on Monday.